Welcome to the Potter's House North podcast. We hope you'll be blessed by today's message. I'm going to read out of Acts chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says that uh, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. What he began, what he began to do, to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after, after that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. And verse 3 says, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So we are beginning our, 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 actually Pastor Joseph, you heard me say he began it last week. Today I'm, I am the, the second man up, I'm the second woman up in this journey and that's what we're going to talk about. We, uh, what is the purpose of the journey? Well, I'll tell you that the purpose of what we are trying to, to get across is to better help people understand some of the things that took uh, place in the death, in the burial, and in the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, as well as the ascension when he ascended up on high and he gave, the Bible says he gave gifts to men. Now, uh, I think that Easter is, is, uh, is it's one of my favorite holidays, but I, what I think we fail to do as the church, I feel like we kind of just rush through an Easter Sunday morning and, and we give it all that we got on that Easter Sunday morning. Uh, but I think that we fail to really articulate um, that Easter is not just a, a holiday. It is not just a, a Sunday morning uh, in the springtime. And so I, I've asked our team and my, myself, we uh, have been preparing for uh, ways that we can help take this, uh, the journey that Jesus made and break it down so that we can uh, see it for our own eye, through our own eyes. And so I want to just point out a few things that I can highlight um, that, that he accomplished uh, on this significant, incredibly uh, significant journey. And one of the things, and you, you know this, most of you would already say you know this. Uh, if you know Jesus, you know this. But uh, one of the, 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 the most exciting things that he accomplished uh, through the death, the burial, and resurrection was he purchased our salvation. And when he purchased it, he didn't just, he didn't wait, he, he didn't say, I want to throw a sale. He paid the full price for our sin. It was displayed for us. He paid the full price for not only my sin, but my sin and your sin and the sin of every person that has ever been born or ever will be born. Um, he not only paid the price for mine and yours and those that maybe are yet unborn, but he also paid it in full. And he paid for every sin, every sin that you have committed, every sin that you might be committing right now, every sin that you might commit in the days to come. The Father has paid the price for our sin. The Son, the Son of God, the, the, the spotless Lamb, the purest of the pure, uh, uh, the, the most 
innocent out of all of the innocent was the one who was uh, he, he was the one that was wounded for our transgression he was bruised for our iniquities and he was beaten and he was betrayed he was mocked and he was mutilated and he was despised by men and as if that wasn't enough then they hung him on a cross and he died in my place and he died in your place and he became sin he he didn't know sin but for you and for me the Bible said that he became sin it said in 2nd Corinthians 5 and 21 he who was sinless for the sin of the entire world, and you are in the world, for the sin of the entire world, he became sin. Or uh, I think the King James says he was made sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So he was made sin and we were made righteous. He was made sin and he, we were made righteous. We swapped places because we had sin and he had righteousness, but he took on our sin so that we could take on his righteousness. And watching him uh, being made sin is really more than most can bear to look at. It's more than most can bear to behold his flesh had been ripped and it had been torn and it had been yanked away from his bone and his face was draped in blood and spit his eyes were swollen the very hands that had touched the lepers, the very hands that cleansed the temple, the very hands that toppled Babel's tower, the very hands that split the Red Sea so that the children of Israel could get through to the other side, uh, those very hands, the same hands, they were nailed to the tree. The feet, the very feet uh, that had walked upon the water, those same identical feet were pinned down with spikes. Every sin that had ever been committed, every lie that has ever been told, every promise that has ever been broken, every pain that has ever been felt was laid on the shoulders of a man who had been laid on a cross. And the slab of wood that 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 he was laid on was it was it was holding his uh, convulsing body well that that cross that slab of wood has now become the centerpiece of our faith it's become if you are a believer that cross is the centerpiece of our faith and it be, and why i say that is because it was there that the carpenter he he the the, the carpenter's son he he began crafting our salvation on the cross he was working he was crafting your salvation he was crafting my salvation and the cross is a picture of him strong arming every enemy that we would ever have the cross is a picture of him strong arming every sin that we would ever commit it is him taking whatever means necessary to secure your salvation and my salvation 
salvation. The cross is God scaling over every wall. It's him climbing over every hurdle. It's him pushing back over every power. It's him pulling down every principality and every stronghold. It is God bridging the gap between you and him, between me and him. And it is, it is God uh, uh, doing what must be done so that we can obtain the gift of salvation. Now, somebody might be listening to me today thinking, Pastor Brady, do you know Easter is over? I do. I know Easter is over. I'm very aware of that. But I am also aware uh, that when you really understand the cross, you cannot reduce it down to uh, uh, chocolate bunny rabbits and new clothes and new shoes and, and all of those wonderful things that, that we, we kind of incorporate in, in, in what we call Easter. But it is more than a holiday. I said Easter is more than a holiday. And we should never, ever, ever, ever underestimate the power of the cross in our life. We should never underestimate the power of the cross. And why do I say that? Because without it, we have nothing. Thing, but with it, we have everything that we will ever need in our lives. And not only did he purchase our salvation uh, on this journey that we're talking about, but after he purchased it, they buried him in a tomb. And when they buried him, he rose on the third day. So this was all a part of his journey. He was crucified. He was buried, but he also rose. And I can not overemphasize the importance of the resurrection because as a believer everything that we believe hinges on the fact that he got up if he had not got up then we would not be here today as a matter of fact the, the resurrection was the most significant event that has ever happened in history absolutely nothing comes closer uh, uh, to 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 this event, nothing that has ever happened or nothing that ever will happen has come closer to the, the, the significance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It split, it's so significant that it split history into AD and into BC. That means every other event in history is dated by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, what, what I want you to hear today is that, is, is that, that resurrection uh, I'm not saying the resuscitation. There is a difference between a resurrection and a resuscitation. People are resuscitated every day, but Jesus died and he was buried and he was laid into a tomb and it was he was there for three days and on the third day, he got up and he came up out of the tomb. That, my friend, is not resuscitation. That is resurrection power and that one single event changed everything it changed everything the resurrection what it did was it made uh, available to us everything that Christ labored to purchase on the cross his cross was was if you're a mother and you've ever had a child and you went through any type of labor I'm not comparing the two because um 
really, uh, there's no comparison. Uh, one thing I will tell you, though, is that they're both painful. And I will tell you that, that, that there is a birthing that takes place. And, and on the cross, there were some things that were birthed for us. There were some things that his blood uh, purchased for us. And had he got, not got up, we would not have access to those things that he purchased for us. First Corinthians 5 and 10, 17 says, and if Christ is not risen, then your faith is futile and you are still, still in your sins. What that verse is saying to us, if Christ had died, if he had bled, if he, if he had uh, bore the cross, if he had went to hell, if he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave from Satan, but he had not risen again, then our faith in the cross would not amount to absolutely anything. But Jesus labored on the cross to pay the price for our sin, to purchase healing for our body, and to pay the full price for our freedom. You are free today when you know Jesus Christ. And he that the sun sets free is free indeed. And when he cried out the words, it is finished. He meant that the price had been paid in full. He meant that every price that had ever, you would ever have to pay, he paid for you. However, if death would have been strong enough to hold him, nothing he purchased would have, uh, would have been ours. There's, healing would not be ours. Prosperity would not be ours. Protection would not be ours. Eternal life would not be ours. Uh, the forgiveness of sin would not be ours. But because the, and, and here's why, because the cross in itself is not enough. I said the cross in and of itself is not enough. If Jesus would have died, but he had not been resurrected, then we would, been, we would be unable to access the power that comes with the cross. But because he got up, we do have the power to access that that the what the power that belongs in the Christ and also uh, because he got up we don't have to live as sinners we don't have to live bound we don't have to live depressed and tormented let me what i'm trying to say to you is we needed both the cross and the resurrection i said we needed both the cross and the resurrection and if jesus had of taken all of those stripes on his back for our healing and if he had worn the crown of thorns and if he had become a curse so that he could liberate us from every curse of the law if he had taken the nails in his hands and in his feet and shed his blood for our forgiveness if he had absorbed every grief and every pain that we would ever feel if he had been buried descended into the pits of hell but failed to get up then everything that was accomplished on the cross would have been in vain and we would still be what the Bible calls dead in our trespasses and our sins. So the resurrection was an essential part of the journey. The crucifixion had to be crowned with the resurrection. I said the crucifixion had to be crowned with the resurrection and because it was, because he got up, you and I have the power to get up out of everything that's trying 
to hold us, everything that's trying to defeat us, every generational curse, every sickness, every disease, we have the power to step out of it through the blood of the Lamb. Not only did he die to purchase our salvation, not only did he get up uh, out of the grave uh, throughout uh, his journey, uh, he walked, the Bible said that it, he, after he got up, he walked among them for 40 days uh, after his resurrection. Why did he do that? He did it so that he could show himself. We read it. We, he did it so that he could show himself alive. He did it so that he could show his followers who were in confusion, who were despondent, who were heartbroken. They could not believe that the, the man that they followed, the, 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 the Messiah, they could not believe that he was dead. Uh, he, he, but he got up and he showed himself to them. Why? Because number one, he is a good, good father. And he cared about the way they were feeling. And so he showed himself to those apostles and he, he, he didn't want them to live at the mercy of the naysayers. You know, the people in their family that said, I told you, you should have never, never followed that man. You should, have, you should have known he was nobody. He was not the Messiah. You should have, uh, he said, I don't want y'all to have to live under that. And so he, he, uh, he rose and he showed himself to those who were faithful to him. Lord, have mercy. If that don't preach right there, I said, God will show himself to those who have been faithful. He'll get up and he'll step into the middle of your situation. He'll step into the middle of the storm and calm the sea. He'll step into the middle of the diagnosis. The thing that you think you don't have the grace to face, God will step into it. He, have you ever had God step into your life? Have you ever had him to show himself mighty? Have you ever had him to step in and back up fear and back up the devil? Have you ever had God step in when people stepped out? I know what that's like for God to step in. And when you have been faithful to him. He will show himself strong on your behalf. And so he showed himself to those that had been struggling with so much fear, so much fear that they hid and they isolated themselves and they locked themselves up behind closed doors, feeling discouraged, feeling disappointed, feeling afraid that, that the, for fear of the Jews that they might come and get them next. But he came to tell them. He came. To, oh, here's another thing, y'all. He came when they could not come to him, when they were locked up in fear and locked up in bondage and locked up in, in regret and locked up with all of their doubts and their disappointments. They could not get to him. But what I love about him is that he came right to where they were. He didn't even knock on the door. He just came through the door because he's bad like that. He'll come through whatever it is that has tried to shut you out. He walked right through the door. He came to them to say to them, hey, I'm back. And not only am I back, but I have conquered death, hell, and the grave. And I just stopped by to tell a few of my faithful followers that I am God and beside me there is 
is absolutely no other. I am Jesus. I am the master. I am the rabbi. I am the day star. I am the day spring. I am the fountain. I am the ancient of days. I am the resurrection and I am the life. I am the lamb that satisfied God because before me, God was only pacified with the blood of bullocks and goats. But when my blood fell and hit the earth, God was satisfied and the sin issue was settled forever. Church, what we are hearing is the Lamb of God himself speaking. We are hearing from the man who died on the cross who said, tell Telestai it is finished and he said I am on my way to sit down at the right hand of the majesty on high but before I go before I go I'm going to stop and I'm going to have a chat with my inner circle I'm going to have a chat with my core I'm going to have a chat with a few people who gave up everything just so they could follow after me because I want, I want you to know that I am who I said I am. I want you to know that I've, I've been through hell and high water, but now every foe is defeated and every enemy is conquered and it's under my feet. And because of that, it can be under your feet as well. And having risen from the dead, he allows them to touch his wounds. He allows them to feel the nail prints that are in his hands. He allows them to look at the piercing of his side, many infallible proofs. And he did it. He did it because he wanted to let them know, yeah, listen, I did go through some things, but check me out, I'm still here. He did it because he wanted them to know that was then but this is now I am he which was dead, but was dead. But behold, I am alive forevermore. And you have got to know the difference between the I was and the I am. Between the I was and the I am. I am he that was dead, but now I am alive forevermore. And whenever you find yourself struggling, whenever you are finding yourself, yourself on your own journey. Here's what I want you to remember that trouble does not last always. He came and he came to his own to say, yes, I am he. I, I mean, I was him who was dead, but now I am he who is alive forevermore. That means it doesn't last forever. It means that this too, this too, this whatever we're facing, whatever is pressing up against us, this too shall pass. And it means it might take three days, but I'll guarantee to you one thing I am going to come up out of this for weeping may endure for the night but there is a joy that will come one of the ways that you'll know that it is morning is there is a fresh joy that will come our problem not his problem but our problem is when we go through a storm and when we feel like we've been crucified when we feel like we've been nailed to the tree we buy a tomb but he didn't buy a tomb he borrowed a tomb 
tomb from Joseph of Arimathea. He bought it because it was an, I mean, he didn't buy it because he said, let me tell you, I ain't staying here. I'm just going, he was a good businessman. There was no need for him to buy a whole entire tomb. Why? Because he knew he was coming out of it. Let me tell you something today on this Sunday morning. You got to know that you're coming out of some things that God stopped me today to bear witness with you. You've been feeling it in your spirit. You've been hoping it, but the circumstances and the storm has been so strong, but he stopped me and he stopped you so that we could connect today. And I can tell you, don't buy into where you are because he is going to bring you out of it. I might get depressed, but I'm not going to stay there. I might get discouraged, but I cannot stay there. Don't buy in it, baby. Don't buy into it. Just go through whatever you got to go through and say, I'm coming up out of this. So he borrowed a grave and he climbed over into that grave and he accomplished the purpose of God. But then he rose up and came out of that grave and he gave the grave back to Joseph and said, here, you can have it back. Put your kinfolk in it because I ain't ever going back into that grave. And the part about all, it's starting to feel like Easter in here. Uh, the part about all of that, that, that really amazes me, is how he looks back and defines that whole portion of the journey of his life. Acts 1 and 3 says, to whom he showed himself alive after his passion. Why would he call that passion? When I think of passion, I think of love. He called it passion. Why would he call it passion? He called it passion because he was the last man, Adam. And so he had to reverse the failure of the first man, Adam. Because when Adam saw his bride fall down into sin, he loved her so much that he decided he would die with her. But when God saw his bride fall into sin, he loved her so much that he said, oh no, I'm going to die for her. Adam died with her, but he said, I will die for her. Why? Why? It was passion that made him do that. It was love. He loved you and he loved me so much that in this portion of his journey, he decided that he would pay the full price for you and me. And listen, if you feel today that you are somebody that has never, ever been loved in your life, I want to, I want to be, I want to say how honored I am today to try to take your focus focus and cause you to look at the cross because if you've never known you were loved just look there look at him look at the blood that came streaming down you don't need to look any further you don't need to find a man you don't need to find a woman you need to find the cross and if you find the cross in your journey it will help you to understand what real love looks like thank God for the man and thank God for a woman and thank God for marriage and thank Thank God for, the, for those that we do life with. But at the end of the day, you don't really appreciate it until you find yourself at the cross because the cross is a demonstration of what real love looks like. And when I look at Jesus and what he went through to love his family, it changes the way that I love mine. He loved us so much that he said, you ain't taking my life. 
I will lay this down. It is my intense desire for my family that's making me lay this down. It is my agonizing affection for them that is making me lay this down. It is my passion. Uh, it was passion that, oh, you might think it was the nails that held him to the cross, but when it's all said and done, it wasn't the nails that held him. It was love that held him. It was his love for you, and it was his love for me. It was his desire that says, I'm going to do whatever it takes because they are mine. Who else but Jesus would be on a cross saving the lives of others while he was losing his own? Who else but him would be strong enough to be on the cross and still start, continue to preach? And, and you might say, well, did Jesus preach on the cross? Of course he did. Go back and look at all the seven last sayings that he said on the cross. He was preaching. He was ministering. You know why? He was dying, but he, may, he knew in his heart and he knew in his mind, I may be dying, but I still got to keep going. I may be dying, but I got to keep going. Let me tell you something today. Somebody might be discouraged and you might feel like you are dying. You might feel like the last blow has hit you. I came today to tell you, you still have to keep going. Your God, your Savior, he was dying, but he still had to keep going. You might be hurting, but you got to keep going. You might feel like your flesh is giving you the biggest fight it has ever given you, but you still have to keep going. You might feel like you're dying, but I came to tell you today, you got to keep going and you can't quit. You can't quit just because you have found yourself at a cross. You can't, everybody that is a believer must have a cross to carry. If you, I'm not talking about a cute little cross that you wear on a chain that you put on your necklace. Those are cute and those are those they, they, they make your outfit look better but I'm not talking about that I'm talking about there is a cross that you have to get up under and if you can't carry your cross then you are not a disciple so sometimes in order to get up under the weight of what you got to carry you got to quit asking yourself how do you feel today are you okay do you feel like this is your day that that you can get up under the weight? you got to quit asking yourself you got to quit giving yourself a a bunch of options. I don't have an option. I got to get up and I got to keep going because of the joy that is set before me. Because of the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and he despised the shame. I'm here today to tell you that there is some joy that is set before you when you know who Jesus is. You can't allow yourself, your, your flesh to talk you out of what God has for you. Flesh never wants to calibrate with the cross. I said it never wants to calibrate with the cross but it's got to line up. Jesus kept on doing what he was doing while he was dying. He kept speaking life. Have you ever been speaking life to everybody but you feel like you're dying? You're, you're helping this one and you're helping that one and you're helping everybody else but then you go home and you lay in your bed and you're like I feel like I'm dying, but 
That's what Jesus did. So what you're feeling is nothing new. He felt all of those pains. He kept talking up while his life was going down. He kept giving life to others while he was losing life himself. That's real ministry. Oh, you're called to ministry? Then that's what you gotta go through. That is what qualifies you. It's more than you just getting a license and going through a Bible school. You got to bear your cross. If you don't bear your cross, you're not worthy of calling yourself a minister. He preached with power and clarity from his cross and he called it and he did it all because of passion. Passion is translated as suffering because real, real passion is painful. The best way I know how to say it is when you love hard and you lose someone you love, you grieve hard. See, if I, if I don't like love you all that hard and I lose you, then, then I might not feel what I feel when I lose somebody that I really love. What I'm saying to you is that it hurt him to care for us. It hurt him to need us. It hurt him to long for us. Calvary was, what, 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 what was Calvary? It was raw need displayed on a cross. It was raw pain displayed on the cross. It was him loving you and me, and it was him longing passionately for us. That's why he called it his passion. Some of us are only here today because of passion. We didn't know it was called that. We had no idea that that was what it was called. But whenever you see anybody that goes through, I mean, hell and high water, and they get back up again, <laughs> that's because of passion. Whenever you nail somebody to a tree, but they decide I'm gonna get back up again. That is called passion. Whenever you have every reason to quit, to stop, to give up, to throw in the towel, to say I am finished here, but yet you find a way to say, let me just pull it together and let me just reevaluate and, and let me see what I can work with when I just got this much, but let me see what I can do with this little bit right here. That is called passion. Everybody don't have it. I said everybody don't have it. It. Everybody don't understand it. But if it ever gets down inside of you, you are like whatever, come what may from day to day. For God, I will live and for God, I will die. You got to want whatever it is that you want bad enough to say, I will survive this. I will survive this way that I'm feeling. I'll survive this relationship. You didn't bring me into this world and you can't take me out of this world. I refuse to commit suicide over somebody that walked out of my life. You didn't pay the price for me. I never saw you hang on a cross for me. You weren't wounded for my transgressions. How dare I put you at such a high place in my life that I would walk away from life simply because of you. If 
God before me. He is more than anybody that's against me. You have got to be willing to go through whatever you've got to go through to get what you want. My question to you today is how bad do you want what you say that you want? Do you want it bad enough to say if I have to be uncomfortable then I'll just have to be uncomfortable. Or do you only want it if it's easy? Do you only want it if it's a situation where you don't have to reach and stretch and press? I remember one time I was in such a need years and years ago, and I, I told God, I said, I love you, but I don't know if I wanted to know you this much. Because... What I was going through, only God could fix. There was no easy way to just come through it. I, I had to trust him. And I had to stretch and I had to cry. I didn't like paying that price then, but I'm so grateful today. I am very grateful to do you want what you want bad enough to be willing to be nailed to the cross? Do you want it bad enough to deny yourself, to take up your cross and to follow after him? Do you want whatever it is that you want bad enough to be obedient even unto death? The truth is whatever you want from God, you got to want it until it hurts. I said you got to want it until it hurts. You might, you might hear in your hearing, you might, you might, you might feel like, well, God has called me to do this, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not able. I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes, but I'm going to tell you, there's a point in your life. If you continue to seek him where your desire for him becomes bigger than all of your limitations that you are looking at. And that desire swallows up every limitation and you stand up by faith and you move by faith and you execute decisions by faith you say I may not be good enough but the Christ that is within me is the hope of glory and my desire for him has swallowed up all of my uh, my what is that word all of my uh, in, inconsistencies and, and, and all of my lack of capacity there is a God who will jump you know we've always said little becomes much when God gets in it. If you would give him your little, God would step into your little and your desire would swallow up that little and God would step in and when he steps in, he can take little and it can become not just enough, but it can become more than enough. Whew. He said, whatever you want, you got to want it bad enough that after the enemy has hit you with his best shot and after he's punched you in your gut and after you've been through a year like some of us have been through, you have to still say, yeah, I may not have what I used to have, but I still want it. I want it, I want it more than anything. 
and, and, and to prove that I wanted, I'm still here because, you know, I, I might have quit, but I couldn't quit because of my desire for my what ifs and what shall be and what my perhaps and what God has lined up for me. It's made me stay in the fight. You tried to kill me, but I am still here. You tried to make my mind snap, but I am still here. You tried to make me hopeless, but I am still here. You tried to make me suicidal, but I am still here. And I'm going to continue to ask until God answers. I'm going to continue to seek so that I can find. I'm going to continue to knock until the door is open because I am full of passion. If you have passion, you have to keep living. So I looked at Calvary and saw I, I mean, I've never, I couldn't, I don't think I've ever watched the movie, you know, the movie that, The Passion of the Christ. I never, I, I don't think I've ever seen that because I seen a snippet of it. I seen him walking down the Via Dolorosa and I saw his mother. I saw him passing by his mother and she couldn't do anything to help. And at that moment I knew I, I didn't want to see that movie because the mother in me wants to help fix everything. So I, 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 when I looked at it, I saw, I saw injustice. I saw unfairness. I saw blood. I saw sweat. I saw tears. I saw agony. I saw pain. I saw ruthless enemies. When I saw the cross, that's what I saw. But when he saw the cross, he called it passion. And if you've never felt loved, I'm serious about, look, look at the cross. If you never felt like you were wanted in your life, somebody's watching me today and you say, I've never felt wanted. I never felt like anybody wanted me. Let me tell you something, look at the cross. That was him wanting you. That's what the cross, that's the picture that the cross paints. He says, let me show you how much you are wanted with my love. My blood is pouring down. My insides are hanging out. Tears are pouring down, mingling with blood, and I can't see clearly. My body is, is I'm, I'm wrecked with pain. Let me show you what it feels like for somebody to want you. Let me show you what it feels like for somebody to love you. And let me show you how expensive the forgiveness of your sin really is because it's costly. The Bible says that after his passion. Now, if you have your Bible, underline that word passion. But I also want you to underline the word after because as good as the word passion is, the word after is even better to me because after lets me know that he lived through it. After lets me know that he survived it. After lets me know that he made it. After lets me know that he came out of it. After lets me know that there's still a reason to keep living. Whoever I'm talking to right now, you are in your living room, wherever you are, you ought to open up your mouth and holler after, after, after I come out of this, after I 
get myself together after I, there will be glory after this. And after his passion, he showed himself alive. Listen here, I, don't, I know we've had a rough 14, 15 months. But I'm going to tell you something. Listen to me today. Look at me today. You have got to come out of this alive. Jesus, through everything he went through, the Bible said that he showed himself alive. You know what? If you ain't got nobody in your house, go look in your mirror and look at yourself and say, I'm alive. <laughs> yes, I am. My heart is still beating. My blood is still pumping. I didn't know how it was going to come through it, but I am alive. And if I'm alive, I refuse to come out of it looking all pitiful with my head down and looking all wounded and looking like I don't have a God and looking like I'm just barely hanging on. Hold your head up high and lift up your countenance and let every devil in hell know I am alive. Yeah, I've been through some things, but I've survived and I'm alive I've survived and I'm alive I've survived and I'm alive like it or not I'm still here want me to make it or not I'm still here whether you want me to come out of what I've been through or not I am still here I could have been dead and I should have been dead hey wait a minute I was dead but I ain't dead anymore I am alive thanks be unto God who raises the dead he raises dead dreams he raises dead desire he raises dead vision he raises dead hopes he raises dead finances he raises dead families he raises dead marriages you got to understand that when it comes to God you are never too dead for resurrection I said you are never too dead for resurrection Somebody better hear me today. Right now, lift up your hand and say, God, I volunteer for the resurrection power of God to hit my life. I am he which was dead. But behold, check this out. I am alive forevermore. Well, I know you didn't think you were going to come out of it. But holla, I made it out. I made it out. They rolled a stone in front of you so you would not be able to get out. But by the grace of God, you were able to come out. He moved away the stone. If you were in church, I'd tell you, touch your neighbor and tell him, I made it out when I shouldn't have made it out. I made it out when it didn't look like I was going to make it out. I made it out. I know you thought I was down for the count, but I made it out. You thought I was finished, but I made it out. Your friends didn't think you would make it. Your spouse didn't think you would make it. Your family didn't think you would make it. The devil told you you were not going to make it, but you need to holler back. Woo, holler back. I am back. I am back. I might be behind, but I'm back. I might be a little broke, but I'm back. I might be hurting, but I'm back. 
desire. I may not have a vision yet, but I have a desire. I don't have a house yet, but I can see it already. I don't have a car yet, but I can see it. I don't have a spouse, but I can see it. Look at you. Look at you. Look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, by the grace of God, I am back. I was buried under pressure. I was buried in hard times. I was buried in fear. I was buried in sickness. I was buried in loss. I was buried in grief. Oh, and the fact that you are here right now, you were under pressure, under sickness, under pain. But the fact that you are now under the sound of my voice is a sign to you that even though you had to cry, God who began a good work in you will be faithful. Whoever I'm talking to today, don't you die until you fulfill your passion. Don't you die until you see your vision come to pass. Don't you die until you reach the hope of your calling in Christ Jesus. Keep living. Even if there's no one else to encourage you. But you yourself. Keep living. Even if you're going to lay hands on yourself, pray for yourself. Keep living. Even if you ain't got no help, keep living. Even if you got to cry, just cry, wipe your tears, and keep living. Why, Pastor Brady? Because this is your story, this is your journey. It was never meant to just end like this. You gotta come out of it. Resurrection power belongs to you. Let me tell you something. When he was resurrected, his story went viral. <laughs> Had he not been resurrected, you and I wouldn't be here to know anything. But the fact that he came out of it, his story went viral. You have a story that somebody is waiting to hear. Somebody is waiting for you to tell them, let me tell you, child, let me tell you about a God who will be a present help in the time of trouble. Let me tell you about a God that will show you how much he loves you. Let me tell you about a God who will wipe away all, wash away all of your sin. There is not a sin that hell has ever created that the blood could not wash away. This is your story. Live it. This is your journey. Live it. Why, Pastor Brady? Because I reckon that the sufferings of this present world, whatever you suffered, it's not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed through your life, through my life. Let me just 
tell you as I close that the journey is all about not giving up. It's all about not giving up. Get up, but don't give up. Get up. You say, I, I'm not able. Call on him. If you call on the name of the Lord, he will hear your cry. Call on him and he'll hear you. His ear is attuned to your cry. There can be five babies in the nursery, but when yours cries, <laughs> there's something in you that's, that, 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 no, that's my baby right That's not your baby. That's not yours. That's not yours. That's not, let me, let me tell you something. That's my baby. Why? Because I'm attuned to their cry. You have a God that is attuned to your voice. He hears you wherever you are. He'll hear you. If you're not in fellowship with him, I may be the only preacher in the world that tells you this, but he still hears you. If, can we just be honest? If, if he didn't hear the cry of a sinner, how did any of us get saved? <laughs> but he heard you. When your mother didn't hear you, when your friends didn't hear you, when your siblings didn't hear you, when those that you wanted to hear you did not hear you, God heard you. And he pitied every groan. Don't give up. This is your journey. You still have a story that needs to go viral. Don't give up. Get up. And you can. Because if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you. He will quicken you and you'll find yourself able to come out from all of that stuff that's piled on top of you. You're buried up underneath. All, it's almost like hoarding. You ever watch the show about people who are hoarders and they're all buried alive. They just keep grabbing things and putting it in their house. Things that ain't worth nothing. But they find themselves, some people have been found buried up underneath all of their trash and all of the stuff that was, they should have never picked up. Don't pick up stuff that don't have your name on it. Just wait on God. Oh, I'm going to say it again. Don't pick up stuff. It's too heavy for you. It's too heavy for you. If it's yours, it'll find its way to you. When are we going to learn that lesson? If it's yours, he's a good, good father and he'll give it to you. Don't be snatching stuff you don't have the grace to carry because it's only going to set you back. Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to have you join us online every Sunday morning at 9 and 11.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Streaming live at www.tphnd.org watch now or through our Potter's House North app.